airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, we appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. Of course, we will rely on Sherry B. to get your calls queued up in the last segment of the show. We'll make sure to give the number out um, in, uh, in preparation for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I want to discuss the fact, <laughs> the fact that the church does not need permission to be the church. Yeah. The church does not need permission to be the church. And I'm going to use... Uh, several stories that are current events that when you look at these stories, um, some of the way these stories are covered and and the way we talk about these stories and frame these stories uh, do not require that the church gets permission. But I think the church has lost in some ways, in some ways, and we'll kind of unpack this a little bit, uh, hopefully as we go along, but in some ways, the church has lost the distinction that is supposed to be ours, where we operate in the world, not of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, ready to face whatever consequences may come our way. Yeah. And uh, when we wrapped up the show yesterday, I was thinking about our sister, Carla, who uh, called us from Illinois. And um, just, man, you know, I, I would say with great sobriety laid out mm-hmm. the situation that she finds herself in as um, a public school, I want to say principal, principal I think that's right. she said. Yes. Yep. And, um, you know, staring down the the nose and the, the real potential of um, being forced with making a decision to, you know, choose between her job and her Christian conviction. You know, can mm-hmm. we take vaccines that we know are cultured on aborted fetal tissue? Can we do that in good conscience? And, um, I I am of the conviction that no Christian can. Mm-hmm. That's I just I don't see how Christians can um, participate in that type of wickedness. And you know that's 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 my conviction, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> I, I I just know that some people are like, well, that's that's I I want and, and and look and even that in itself. That, yeah. that there's a kind of like a little, not a hesitation, but a little. Yeah, like, oh, no, you're right. Go ahead. Call me out on I think, it. Yeah. But I think, it's, I think it's the symptom of like what, where we are in the Expose atmosphere. Expose it, because, Will. Because quite honestly, if you say that these vaccines are made with, you know, aborted fetal tissue. Yep. And you knowingly, like, you know that, like, it's, <sighs> there should be no question. Like, that is a line where you don't, you do not cross as mm-hmm. a believer in Christ. So mm-hmm. I think, you know. Like, man, it is what it is. It's, there's a standard are, that's been given by God that yes. we submit to. And Amen. when you talk about that, it's clear. <laughs> Amen. Man, this I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Because that is exactly what you're sensing, even in my voice, that the fact that or even the possibility that this could be controversial, you know, it shows where we have descended to um, that among Christians. Because there, I think there are some aspects of this where... I think there is no question about it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you think about a conversation of somebody 
sitting down over salads talking about, um, you know, selling baby body parts. And that right. is just so stark. I don't think anybody would balk at that. But then I think there is this, oh, wait a minute, but is, you know, if the baby was going to be, and this is, this is just what I've heard mm-hmm. and what I've read, the baby were going to be aborted. In fact, there are some, some of the literature that I have read, not as it pertains to COVID-19 vaccine, but as it pertains to other vaccines that our children are routinely injected with that are cultured on the, on the body parts of aborted fetal tissue. Um, there, I've read the argument that it is excused by some Christians because the Christian did not um, cause the baby to be aborted. Um, the baby was aborted and the use of the baby's tissue mm-hmm. was subsequently a quote unquote benefit to science. I disagree with that. Yeah, I think I that that is, <laughs> that is, it's like, well, I didn't murder the baby, but since the baby was already murdered, why shouldn't I benefit from the science that yeah. is, I, I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 right. whoa. I mean, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Like I just, I have, I just have, I have a strong problem with that. You know, I think as a Christian, our our conscience should convict us that we cannot participate in wickedness. We can't participate and we cannot give our approval to those who are participating. Right. Romans one is very clear about that. Um, We, you know, we don't want to do it and we don't want to give approval to those who are doing it. So anyway, but you're right. I'm glad you called me out on that because there should not be any hesitation. Sometimes that comes into play, not to make an excuse for it, because I think the rebuke is warranted. But I think it sometimes comes into play when you have read the other arguments, mm-hmm. you know, and there are people who are able to arrive at some sort of a justification. Yeah. Actually, even my hesitation is what I'm about to point out and call out during this show. So I'm calling myself out today. All right. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's true. And I, I'm so glad you don't, you don't let those things slide. Um, the church doesn't need permission to be the church. Amen. All right. We don't need to ask the culture for permission to be and to do what God has called us to do. Like th- those are the things that really have been uh, sort of gnawing at me. And I have a few stories that I think will fit in with this conversation. So here is this headline. And I was discussing this with a friend just a little bit earlier uh, in the day when she was asking me about the show, you know, and she was like, Hey, what are you, what are you and Will plan on talking about today? And I was like, you know, I'm not really sure. I said, I have this one article here that's been kind of gnawing at me since Friday. (laughs) I read it on Friday and I've just had it on my desktop here. And I've been thinking about what kind of failure must be present in the church for us to just sort of normalize these things. These are these are things that we don't even get really jolted about when we see them. And I wonder Mm. if it's because the church continually looks for or seeks permission to do the types of things that have already been um, instructed of us to do, right? Mm. Like these things would, there should be some sort of decline in them if the church is faithfully being the church. All right. So here is the story. And, and I found this article on the Christian post website uh, last week. And I was just, I was so grieved in part by the way the story is covered. And I don't want to read too much into um, the way this story is covered, But part of that did bother me. So here is the headline. Christian children's book author Matthew Paul Turner comes out as gay and announces divorce. Okay. Hmm. So I was not familiar with this man's name just Mm -hmm. by itself. And some of our listeners may be familiar with his name or they may not be familiar with his name. Um, But when I started to look at some of the uh, titles of the books that he's authored, they started to sound 
um, they start to sound familiar to me. And mm, and so you'll okay. uh, one of the books is When I Pray for You. Um, one of the books is When God Made You. You've seen these books on mm. on not only Christian bookshelves, but in secular bookstores as well, because they are to some extent pretty popular. Well, anyway, here is the story. Um, Christian children's book author Matthew Paul Turner came out as gay on social media and announced that he and his wife are divorcing as he seeks to, quote, embrace freedom, mm. hope and God as a gay man. End wow. quote. Mm. Now, <laughs> keep Man. in mind that the, the backdrop of this conversation is the church doesn't need permission. All right. We, we don't need permission to operate according to biblical faithfulness. Like we don't, we don't need, we don't have to ask the culture if it's okay for us to apply the scriptures in the context of the church. And, and, and why, why does this come up in this particular conversation? Because we are talking about quote unquote, a Christian children's book author. Yeah. So this presupposes that the man himself claims to be a Christian. Right. All right. This, He's not just writing Christian children's books. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. Right. Well, that he yeah. he is claiming to be a brother in the Lord. Right. I mean, and I and, and the and reason even I think in we his have reasoning, to, he's still claiming to be a Christian. Sound like it. It's like, yes. Yes. And, and wanting to embrace God as a gay right. man. OK. And this is important because the Bible is very specific about what we do with people who claim to be brothers or sisters. We use that generically to say in the faith. Mm-hmm. Right. So the Bible is very clear. I, I, I personally think, well, you know, okay. And then I guess that, that, that gets into less reporting and more editorializing to do the kinds of things that I think should be done. Right. <laughs> so I guess people just want to report on it and then you decide what well, I'm saying. There's no decision for the church to make. Right. The, we're not left making a decision. It's already been decided for us. And I don't want to get too far ahead of the discussion here. But when you look at first Corinthians chapter five and Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he is telling them about this immoral brother that you are not even a little bit embarrassed about this. Paul is like, this is already judged. I've already judged this. Mm -hmm. All right. Like this is, and and how does he have the authority to do this? Because God has already made plain what he requires. Right. He's already made it plain. Right. So the church again, against the backdrop, the church does not need permission to be the church. That's, that's, that's my final answer. Don't need to phone a friend. Don't you know what I mean? Don't right. need to reduce a couple right. of the choices. Final answer. The church does not need permission to be the church. So here we go. Turner, the former editor of CCM, um, you remember the Christian contemporary mm-hmm. m- music magazine, yeah. uh, former editor of CCM and the author of best-selling children's books, uh, made the announcement on Facebook and Instagram on Friday morning. And I'm going to quote a little bit here of what he posted. Dear friends, I have difficult news to share. After much thought, prayer, and counseling, Jessica and I have made the decision to end our marriage. While we're best friends, while we're best friends and thoroughly love doing life, parenting, and pursuing our dreams together, ending our marriage is necessary because I am gay. Hmm. He continues. As someone who spent 30 plus years in fundamentalist slash evangelical churches, exploring God through conservative theologies, Mm. I've lived many days overwhelmed by fear, shame, and self-hatred. 
But for the first time in my life, despite the sadness and grief I'm feeling right now, I can say with confidence that I'm ready to embrace freedom, hope, and God as a gay man, end quote. Now, when I read this, and I have been thinking about it, and, and, and actually, if this had made it, if, if this story had made the cut a couple of days ago, it would have been in the wins, it would have been in the, the show where we talk about wins and losses. This would have been mm. a loss. This is a loss for mm-hmm. the church, right? This is where um, the church takes a hit. And why does the church take a hit? Because we feel like as the church, we have to cover this story with a type of uh, secular defined love and compassion, right? Mm. Where we act and, and, and secular defined love and compassion pretends not to know the truth. Right. Right. That's what it does. That's what it does. A, 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 a compassion, quote unquote, a love, quote unquote, void of God. Is, is characterized by the pretense that we just don't know what to say. Um, we're happy that you feel happy um, and we don't want to judge. But here's the thing. You're not. <laughs> you're not judging. Whenever we stand up for what the word of God says, we are agreeing with what God has judged. We are agreeing with what God has already determined. It is not, you know, we are making our own standard and here is what we think should be done. And this is why I often say, if you don't have the kind of boldness to stand on the word of God, then you feel free to hide behind it. And what does that sound like? Now, I don't prefer this posture. I don't. Mm -hmm. But here is what it sounds like sometimes if you're hiding behind the word of God. Listen, um... And I say this because I've actually heard people in the public eye professing to be Christians Mm -hmm. sound somewhat like this. And even as I go into this, you're going to hear some people that you know well (laughs) say things like this. Okay? And this is what it sounds like. Um, Listen, you know, if it were up to me, I would live and let live. I, you know, but the Bible says this. Okay, so at the end of the day, I got to be on the side of the word like I got (laughs) to I got to do. Now, look, that's, you know, that's weak, but at least you're hiding behind it. Right. Because it almost sounds like you're kind of wish that it didn't say that. I wish that everybody (laughs) could just do whatever they want. Right. Which actually points to not really knowing who God is. Right. Right. Understanding that he is just and the justifier. Amen. Right. (laughs) This story is an embarrassment to the church. And I think that it requires a little bit of editorializing, which hopefully we'll get deeper into on the other side of this break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world 
or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with Mm. such a one, not even to eat with such a one. Um, I'll, I'll jump down here. Well, verse 12 says, for what have I to do uh, with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Purge the evil person from among you. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was uh, War by Triple E. We don't need the world's permission. We don't need Mm. the culture's permission to Mm. be the church, to do the things that the church requires. Now, why am I reading that in the context of talking about this Christian children's book author who has um, uh, revealed that he is a homosexual and that he is divorcing his wife? And, And let me just continue on with his post here, because I think you also need to hear this. He and his wife married in 2004 and they have three children. Now, <laughs> if as a believer, that does not grieve you. If, if as a believer, you don't see a certain urgency and like, wait a minute, um, the church has discipline for this. Yeah. The, church, the church has discipline for this. Uh, quoting him here, um, our utmost, talking about he and his wife, our utmost desire is to move forward in love and compassion for each other and put the well-being of our kids first. No, it's not. Right. No, it's not. No, that's a lie. That's you are being selfish. That is that is absolutely a lie. And it sounds very culturally like woke and Mm -hmm. sensitive. Right. Like we we are trying to do what's in the best interest interest of our kids. So they they, you know, establish all these. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to co-parent. On, we man. can't stand each other, but we are still committed to our kids and we're trying to put our kids first. So we're trying to make this as easy for them as possible. No, you're not. You're absolutely not. Right. And and look, and again, this kind of stuff happens in the world and the world is going to do what it's going to do. That's right. Right. This is this is exactly what the Apostle Paul lays out here. OK, he says, I'm not when I tell you how to behave and how to apply discipline. He says, I'm talking about in the church. Right. I'm talking about among other believers. Right. The man's name, by the way, Matthew Paul Turner, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the author, successful Christian author of books like When I Pray for You. All right. Um, Which some some Christians have compared to um, like a Christian version of all the places you'll go. Like, I mean, that Mm. that it's that kind of book. Uh, Another title he has is When When God Made You. But this is what he he Man. wrote in his, you know, revealing this information. And I'll move on because I got another story that I want to tie into this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wrote, coming out to my kids was one of the hardest, most beautiful things I've ever done. <sighs> Loving and mm. protecting their stories will always be our first priority. That sounds really like culturally clean, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds like that's the kind of verbiage that we use today. But you know what is supposed to happen? What is supposed to happen is that Christians are supposed to retreat from him. Right. There should not be a place that he is able to nestle and feel yep. like this is yep. okay. And this is a right reflection of God. And even as I say this, there are people who are like, Mickey, you sound so hateful. That's because you're not steeped in the word. That's because the culture has grabbed your mind. Mm-hmm. And now what you're doing is looking for permission to be the church. 
You don't need permission to be the church. We have but one guidebook and mm-hmm. it is already expressly laid out how we are to conduct ourselves when issues like this arise. The man was sleeping with his father's wife and Paul was outraged. And he's saying, listen, you've got to purge this immorality from your midst. Right. But you know what happens in 21st century America? We still carve out spaces whereby people can claim Christ. And if they like their sin, they can, they keep, can it. keep it. They can keep if it. You, if you like your sin, you can keep it. You can be gay, Christian. You can be, you know, this or that. And and really what need, needs to happen, if, if he's a part of a fellowship. Come on. He should be, you know, disciplined. He should be disciplined, you know, and if he still considers himself a Christian and writing Christian uh, books for children, he, his well should run dry. That's <laughs> Christians it. should be like, oh, no. We, and we, guess why? You know, we can't we can't and, rock with you anymore. And this is God's love for us. Yeah. Church discipline is meant to yes. put a squeeze on the rebellious so you Christian repent. so that you repent and come back and come to God. Back. But because we're nicer than Jesus, because we know more than the word of God, we don't apply this church discipline. And that's why we've gotten all that we've gotten today. And that's why it makes no sense. Why? Why? And look, and it's not. Please notice that this does not only pertain to sexual immorality. Right. Right. Notice that it's the swindler. It's the drunkard. Mm-hmm. It's basically it is the person who is living to gratify the flesh and yet wanting to enjoy the luxury that is being a part, being an active member of, of the, the body, body of Christ. Right. No, if you read up a little bit further and this freaks people out, <laughs> this freaks people out when Paul is like, turn him over to Satan. Hmm. Colossians teaches us very clearly that when we come to Christ, we have crossed over from death to life. We have been brought from the domain of darkness. Amen. So now the access of the kingdom of darkness is no longer binding upon our life. We mm. have been won from the domain of darkness, brought into this glorious, mm-hmm. this wonderful light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So basically what Paul is saying to the Corinthians is like, put him back out there. Mm. Put him back out. Leave him out there open to the attack of the evil one on, that man. he might remember mm. how significant what Christ did is Yeah, that he might know that when we say we are saved, you don't put it in these air quotes. Cause it's like, we don't really know what that means. It's like, no, you're saved. And, and I what say, are you saved from the domain of darkness? All of this is a sobering moment for the church. You know, there's no joy and reveling in, you know, putting no. somebody and turning them over, you know, nope. Like that's a sobering moment. It usually causes the rest of the body to straighten up and to uh, do some self evaluation. That's exactly right. You know, and and it's a sobering moment. It's a moment of man. Whoa! Like this is serious. This is real. Like I'm a, I'm really accountable and a part of a body of Christ. You know that there is discipline and that there is a standard and a way that we should live through the Word of God. And when we you know go outside of that. Mm-hmm. with a high hand, you know, yes, like, hey, yes. this is just who I am. I'm, I'm coming in and I'm I'm still a part of the fellowship. When that mm-hmm. when that is taken from under a person and they, they feel what it is to be out there outside of the body of Christ. Yes. The, the purpose is that they will see that and repent and come back and that That's they will right. be restored and that we would open our arms back up and say, man, come on, come on, come on back in as you have repented. So Amen. it's a powerful thing. And you see the Apostle Paul even laying this out. Take him back. Receive mm-hmm. him. Now he's now that he is repented. 
Now he is to be restored to the body of Christ. I think it's also interesting that the same type of uh, language that is used that we are to um, allow for church discipline, the weight of church discipline to be felt on on believers who operate in rebellion. It's not limited to sexual immorality. And we tend to think, you know, um, these are these are the big fish that we need to you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that we need to to deal with. But we need to fine tune this. We need to understand that God hates sin. Amen. We need to understand Amen. the severity of sin. We mm-hmm. need to understand what happened in our lives when sin entered the human genome. And I think this is what we so often overlook um, in, in uh, Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. He wrote that they should not have anything to do with idle men. Mm. Men who are men who are not living for the glory of God, but really are causing the faith to fall into disrepute because mm. now the way that they are carrying themselves does not bring glory to God. Second mm. Thessalonians chapter three, verses six through 15. This is not a politically conservative value to tell someone if you don't work, you don't <laughs> eat. This was in the church before it was in Come America. On. Come on. <laughs> this was in the church before it was in America. This is why I say we don't take positions based on cultural norms, mm-hmm. based on political conviction. We take positions based on Christian conviction. Paul very clearly says to the Thessalonians, here it is, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6, <laughs> verses 6 through 15. Mm-hmm. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you, Mm. nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that as a right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. Wow. And, and why am I saying this? Because they're going to be the homosexuals who are going to say, you guys are hateful. Look at who you're you're coming after people for their sexuality. And we're also coming after people for their laziness. Come on. Why? Because we didn't make it up. It didn't start with us. And, and this is this is what the church has lost. The church has lost the boldness that we need to stand on the word of God. And if we had been doing it in instances like this, where you say, Man, you 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 got a deadbeat dad. He's I'm sorry. He's a he's a what? He's a deacon in your church. He didn't have any contact with his kids. He didn't take care of his wife, and he's just serving in the church. And and you guys are just okay with that? No, you're you're supposed to disassociate from that. You're supposed to gently rebuke. And and notice, and the Bible says, if you continue on, Mm -hmm. if you continue on in Second Thessalonians chapter three, I'm going to look at verse thirteen. Um, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person mm. and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Now, listen, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Mm. So it's not that you're just like washing your hands of a person, but you're saying, listen, because I love you, we cannot look away from this. Because we care about your eternity, we cannot pretend that this is not an affront to God. But what has happened is that the church takes the cultural temperature and then decides what yep. scriptures still have bearing on our yeah. activities today. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we can have, quote unquote, Christians who come out as gay. And instead of us saying, hold on a second, the Bible has already given us parameters to deal with that. Nope, we don't do that. We just carve out spaces. And, and you know what else is amazing? We think about this. We have gotten so far on this matter in, in the wrong direction that somebody can actually 
make a Facebook post or an Instagram, you know, uh, post about it because they know mm-hmm. that nothing is going to happen. Like, that's right. For church that's right. discipline. You know, it, it can that's be right. something that's just put out there like, yep, I'm getting a divorce because I'm gay. And, this, you know, and but th- I think they know that there, there's no discipline. That's really. That's right. Especially what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. So it, it's, it's something how far we have gone from uh, the scriptures in that. And and it has been a slow fade. You mm-hmm. understand? It has been those things that in in Christianity that are an affront to God, we have normalized. So here now, these big things, it's like, well, what do you what really are you gonna say? Right. What really are you gonna say? You the church just looked the other way when people split up over, you know, irreconcilable differences. Hmm. Hmm. We just, you know, we just don't love each other anymore. We don't really don't really like being in the same roof anymore. So what we start to do is just try to accommodate that. So we just we want to make spaces where we can make moms whose fathers have left or fathers whose moms have left. We just want to make them comfortable because we don't we don't really bring church. Just we don't mm. know what to do. We don't know. We don't need the culture's permission to do what the Bible has called us to do. We don't need the culture's permission. The church does not need the culture's permission. And we have got to break this entanglement. I, I feel like the church is so wrapped up in the culture that we are actually looking to the culture to know how we're supposed to behave in the church. Wow. And that is not it. Yeah. Here is my question for you. And this is a sincere question because there are so many people who are looking at the chaos and the turmoil that's happening in this nation. My question is, what if the salvation of the nation is directly tied to the faithfulness of the church? Hmm. Can we pass hmm. it? Can we can, can we help save civilization by being faithful to orthodoxy in the church? In fact, can I also say that is what has characterized the church for 2000 years. Civilizations have been saved and spared and made better because the church has been faithful everywhere she exists. But now here in this American experiment, we have grown enmeshed with the culture and we can't tell the two apart. Am I an American or am I a Christian? Well, they're the same thing, right? Yes, of course. Yes, yes <laughs> to both. We don't know. Man. But what if we, if the hope is to save a nation, what about the return to faithfulness and our Christian conviction? What if that is what it will take for us to turn our nation around, to turn our nation back to the Lord? What if it's that that the Lord is looking for, that care for the church and for the bride is exalted? What if that is the key to saving and restoring our nation? I got to tell you, I really believe that's where it is. Mm. I really believe that's where it is. That if Christians return to faithfulness. Man, I got another story here. And and will you share this story on our Facebook page? California's ban on in-home Bible studies sparks lawsuit. That's the that's the story. Just just real quick here. I know we're not Mm going to get to really go into this one in this segment, but. Um, a California church filed a federal lawsuit on Saturday challenging the state's restriction uh, restrictions on houses of worship, including what the suit says is a ban on in-home Bible studies. Listen, <laughs> yes, we can do both. Yes, we can bring a lawsuit. We have rights in this country. But you know what your first right is? You know what your first privilege is? To serve God in faithfulness and whatever happens, happens. Oh, no, we're going to meet. Mm. We're going to we're going to meet. We're going to meet. The comforts that we enjoy in this country were never meant to incapacitate us as Christians. Amen. That's good. It was never meant to make us so comfortable. I'll just file a lawsuit. 
And until then, I'll, okay, we won't gather until this lawsuit is all worked out. No, you keep doing it. Hmm. Because you don't need the culture's permission to do what God has told you to do. Amen. That's the prerogative of a Christian. That's what will save this nation. Hmm. All right, we got to grab the break. We'll be right back. You unravel me with a melody. just fear your own like personal things that you're kind of skittish about but it is the fear of man you're we no longer mm. have to be slaves to the fear of man amen do you understand that that is driving the church right now the the church is afraid of man we are so afraid to be judged and so afraid to be misunderstood that it has rendered us unfaithful mm. we are unfaithful Jesus Christ is worthy that in all of our claims and practices that we are consistent with who we know he is. He is worthy. Amen. I don't I don't understand what it is like. You know, it's like, man, it's like you almost want to kind of to paraphrase Polycarp, you know, <laughs> as he's um, as the attempt is made to burn him alive. You understand? It's like, man, I've served Jesus all these years and he's never done me any harm. Mm. So I'm. I'm not going to renege on my on my commitment to him now, not not standing in front of you like what I have dogs call them. I have a fire. There's a fire you don't know about. Why do you tarry? Do what you're going to do is what Polycarp said in Mickey's vernacular. All right. (laughs) In other words, I'm not afraid of you. This culture, as Will often says, is a bully. Yeah. And Christians who stand up and tell the truth. Right. They do so at great risk. Yeah. Jesus is worthy that we do it. He's worthy that we have biblical conviction. I have another story here, and I know, I know we cannot unpack it. And so I will introduce it, and we can hold it over to tomorrow. Let me give the number, though, because I want you to to be able to talk back. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. This story is really interesting to me. And and, I, and I'm going to tell you why here shortly, and then we'll kind of like drill down maybe, if the Lord wills, tomorrow. Uh, Americans' Bible engagement is dramatically declining amid COVID-19. Mm. Now, that's interesting because you know what's increased? Remember we talked about this a few months ago? The Google search for prayer yeah. skyrocketed yeah. all around the world. Americans' Bible engagement is dramatically incline, uh, declining, and and we'll get into you know why this is happening, but I want to, in light of what I'm talking about today, right? I think it's easier to pray to the God that you get to design, mm. but when you read the Bible, God yeah. tells you who He is. Man, that's good. So it's okay. Like, of course, like prayer is going to increase because I can pray to the God of my head. 
I can pray to the God of this culture. I can, mm. I can ask the God that I see in my mind's eye when I close my eyes. He likes me. He loves me. He wants the best for me. I'm not disciplined by him because I'm a good person. He knows my heart. This God I can pray to and I can do searches on like, okay, great prayers, powerful prayers, all of these things. But I don't want to read the Bible <laughs> because the God of the Bible might mess with the God in my mind. Mm. The God of the scriptures might yeah. call into question this God I have designed. You see, when the God in my mind I have no point of reference for is just me. It's just me sort of like eternally you know, existent, good, but in my mind, you see, it's me. It's just me, a better form of me, worthy that I should pray to me. But the God of Scripture, the one who self-reveals, the one who says to the prophet Isaiah, if there's another God, I don't know him. That one, we don't want to read about him. Wow. The requirements are just too great. Wow. <laughs> I, could, I could lose my business. Man, come on. I could lose my livelihood if I uncover this God of the scriptures. But the God in my head approves of all the things that I do because mm. he knows what I mean. Ultimately, even if I get it wrong and, you know, wrong is subjective. This God likes me. I made him that way. I made I made him to like me. Man. Guys, we don't need the culture's permission to be faithful adherence to the scriptures. Amen. We don't need the culture's permission to be the church over which Jesus Christ presides. Amen. We don't need their permission. So when we read these headlines, may it never be so that we normalize this. When we get together, it's just like, no, that's just, you know, that's just what Christians do. That's just, I mean, that's just how things <laughs> are. No, that's not how things are. That's not how things are. That's a church in decline. That's a church that the Lord has already judged. Mm. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where should we go first? All right, let's go to Jamie in Louisiana. Hi, Jamie. Hello, how are you guys? Hello. Doing good. Good, good, good. Well, I just my first time uh, getting in on the air with you guys. just want to say you guys do an outstanding job, and one of the things that um, come to my mind when I hear you guys is that you guys are – really have endeavored in the word and you're like lawyers of the word. And I think that is a sign and symbol to awaken all those Christians that we've got to become lawyers and doctors of the word. You may not be a mm. pastor, teacher, apostle, or prophet, mm. but we've got to become so skilled in the word because Amen. the Bible says the word of God, quick and powerful, is sharper than any two edges. So it is mm. a discerning of the thoughts and attention of the heart. And God began to share with me, as we get more skilled in his word, we will unclothe the nakedness of the wickedness in the world. Mm. And that is what we needed to do. And that's what I hear with you guys. You guys use the word and the word becomes an x-ray to where we can see the hidden agendas and schemes of this world. Mm. And as I was listening to you guys today talking about, you know, this guy, homosexual, who was once a Christian, you know, and, I, and I've had to deal with people who are homosexual, lesbians, et cetera. And one of the things that grabs a hold of the world's spirit to where they succumb to this, even some Christians who turn their back on Christ, is because these people say that um, I, I was born this way and, you, and I feel these passions. I'm going to be honest with you, Will and Nikki. There have been certain urges and passions. Listen to me. I'm just going to be honest on the air. Mm -hmm. I've had certain urges for, for the same sex, but I, but, I, but I hate the sin. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I say, God, what is this? And God says, you have to understand that my word says, 
every man is tempted when he is drawn away of mm. his own lust. What I'm getting Come at, on. Nikki and Will, is this here. Until the church realizes that we were born with different levels of passions and lust. We weren't born homosexual and gay, but we were born with these passions and lust. Mm -hmm. But these lusts have to be brought under the subjection of God. Mm -hmm. And in order for homosexuals and lesbians to really come to God, they're going to have to accept God. And to accept God, you have to accept that you were born with a sin nature. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, Jamie. God bless you. Thank you so much for calling in. And and thank you for that powerful witness that you just brought to us. I mean, because, you know, that is the thing that I think many of us don't want to grapple with our Mm -hmm. own sinful desires. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? How Mm -hmm. we can be led astray, led away by that. Uh, Jamie, God bless you, brother. Thank you you for calling in. What a a wonderful encouragement you've been to us. Uh, Where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to Tony in South Dakota. Hi, hi, Tony. Uh, uh, Hi, Will and Nikki. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Um, So this first time calling into you guys' show, I listen to you quite frequently um, because I end up, I listen to Brian Fisher first and then um, bleed into your show, if you will, and, and just enjoy your topics. I want to say that this is probably one of the more or most relevant topics you guys have actually covered. And I, when I say that, I don't mean the other ones haven't been relevant. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is, as believers, there is a way that we are to operate on this earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Scripture is very clear, and you guys have done such a great job of laying that out today. And the relevancy of of the world is is down the ways uh, down the list of ways when it comes to how we are to operate what the scriptures say we are to do and how we are to handle situations i Mm -hmm. often have when i have conversations with different people the way i explain this to them as far as like the church and civil government the church handles moral government the, the the um the 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 civil government have handles civil law. So I said that mm-hmm. backwards or said that wrongly, but civil government handle, handles civil law, church government handles moral law. Yes. And the church is not less than the civil government. It is not under the civil government and it is not to be dictated to by the civil government. <laughs> and so with all of the church closings that we have, where people volunteer voluntarily basically just set themselves underneath the dictates of the government mm-hmm. um, was so weak, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to put it, was so mm-hmm. weak in what we needed to do during this whole pandemic. Which mm-hmm. the only place that, the only place that hope comes from is the church mm-hmm. in society. Not it can't, it, hope can't come from the government. So right. on, that's anyway, right. I'm kind of off the subject. No, that's I'm good. Off the subject a little bit. I apologize, but no, it's but good. This is so relevant because I think as the church, we need to remember that we are an entity set here by God, mm-hmm. bought by the blood of Christ, Amen. to Amen. operate on this earth with a specific purpose. Amen. Yes. So thank you guys for doing that. Amen. Oh, God bless Amen. you, Tony. You, Tony. That, man, yeah, I I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know what? You know, I got to just say, and we're going to go move on to our next caller. Um, it is encouraging to hear the talk back that says, hey, the point is being made. Yeah. That's that's the Amen. point that we're trying to make Amen. today. We Praise don't God. need permission from the culture 
to be the church over which Jesus Christ presides. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged to hear that said back to us. Amen. Right. Where do we go next? Will the great. OK, let's go to Lorraine in Mississippi. Hi, Lorraine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Keep, keep talking. Go ahead. Pardon me? Yeah, go ahead. You're clear. Okay, I'm clear. Uh, I'm, I'm just calling to give a scripture in Proverbs. Okay. 17, 15. Mm-hmm. And it says in my, in King James Bible, it says, He that justifies the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. Mm. Yep. Amen. Yep. There you go. We have a lot of problems. Have a lot of problems with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people, people justifying everything that people do, and uh, then we also we also condemn the just or people do. I mean, and so it's an all abomination. So that's, mm. that's all I have to say. And I agree. I, I agree with you. Enjoy y'all's uh, program. Thank you so Thank much, you Lorraine. Thank you so much, Lorraine. I appreciate that. No, that is an excellent scripture. And I think that scripture, um, in fact, we have looked to um, that or utilized that scripture in, in trying to understand and make sense of what's happening in the culture today. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly what we see. And the Bible says that both are alike to God an abomination. So you've got you've got people who are condemning the innocent, you know, mm-hmm. accusing the innocent and trying to clear the, the guilty. Um, but again, this should be seen as the Lord sort of, you know, turning these people over to themselves, turning Amen. these people over to themselves. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Well, the great. Where do we go next? OK, let's go to Bill in West Virginia. Hi, Bill. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, that, that gentleman that wrote those books for kids and uh, see, a lot of people are fooled today by people in the church and in the pulpit about being Christians. Mm-hmm. But one mm-hmm. thing, if he had known anything about this book. In Romans 1, it addresses it very clearly. Mm-hmm. And it talks about a man who leaves the natural use of a woman mm-hmm. for another man. That's in verse 27. Mm-hmm. But verse 32 says it all. Who knowingly, who knows the judgment of God, that they which commit these such things is worthy of death, going to hell. Mm-hmm. But the last sentence says this. Not only those doing the same, but have pleasure in those that do, meaning if you mm. condone, like mm-hmm. a lot of our government people today. Mm. And, uh, and people in the church always say that we're not to be involved with politics. Exodus uh, 18, uh, 21, I think it is, or whatever, where we are 27, where we are responsible for picking God-fearing men to lead us in our governments. Mm. That's why people have to read this book and understand it and mm-hmm. rightly divide it. Amen. And one more place is... Uh, Leviticus 18, okay, and I think it was uh, verse 20, uh, it doesn't matter, uh, 21 or something like that. And that is where it tells you that homosexuality is an abomination to our Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if this no. man were such a, a good person in the Bible teaching our kids, mm-hmm. he would know these things, and he would know exactly where he's taking himself to right now. You, you're mm-hmm. right about that, Bill. Mm-hmm. Man, thank you so much for that. No, yeah. listen, and I, I, I can't remember exactly um, how um, how deep we went in this in, in this conversation, but I think it was prompted by a call or question from one of our callers about Christians' involvement in politics. We are supposed to be serving the Lord in every area that where we can serve the Lord. We're supposed to be salt and light and be a witness. 
Uh, we don't turn to politics as anything that is going to save us. That's right. But we recognize that it's through God using those of us who have the knowledge of him that, man, he does save nations. That's right. He does. I mean, he gives favor to nations. He gives favor to government because of those who fear him being involved. And we have seen this all throughout the scriptures. And that is why I'm saying, I guess, kind of two things today. One, the church does not need the culture's permission. All right. And, and then number two, the question is, man, can our return to faithfulness save our country? Can it help turn our country around for one more revival? Mm. I think quite possibly it can. We're out of time until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.